Hey, welcome to the What Every Woman Wants podcast with me, Shelley Booth. In this podcast, I'm going to keep it real and bring you authentic interviews that every woman will want to hear. I can't wait to discuss things like business and finance, health and fitness, beauty, mindset, and so much more. Let's get started on the first episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the What Every Woman Wants podcast with me, Shelley Booth. I'm excited to be here today because I am interviewing um, somebody that I've known for quite a lot of years, actually, and it's my aesthetics skincare specialist. Paula Fraser is a leading Dundee aesthetics nurse, uh, and I've known her for about, I'd say, eight years or so, uh, and she's here with me today. So, Paula, straight over to you. I want to talk to you about all things skincare, about Botox, about what, what you do with me and my skin. Um, As you know, and as many people know, I work with thousands of women right across the world, getting them to feel they can be the best they've ever been. And skincare is a major part of that. Um, And I'm sure everybody everywhere, all my clients certainly, will want to know what I do, what I don't do, who the person is that advises me. And that there is you. So welcome to the What Every Woman Wants podcast. How are you doing? Oh, good. Thanks, Shelley. And first of all, it's actually just so exciting to be here. I um, I feel so privileged to be your first podcast as well. It, it's super Yay. exciting and I've been looking forward to it. So um, hopefully I could give a little bit of insight into being an aesthetic nurse and, and obviously giving yourself some treatment as well. Brilliant. Great. Okay, Paula, I'm going to just fire some questions at you, if you don't mind. Go for it. Right. Okay. So first question, what's your qualifications? What's your background and what brings you to to, to get into aesthetics? How did you start? So first of all, um, I probably have been in the aesthetic industry for about eight years and probably known you for a lot of that time, Shelley. Yeah, um, I think so. I started, um, I studied to be a paediatric nurse at the University of Dundee um, and had an amazing opportunity to move into the world of aesthetics. And at that point, my career was really born and I knew where where I needed to be and where I definitely excelled the most. I was mentored by the best in the industry and I was really lucky to work within a big team of amazing individuals who basically molded me into a really skilled practitioner um, mm. and 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 that's really that's really where I come from that's that that's the history and I've got an amazing career now and I love that the industry that I work in but but I've had a really good start and I'm really really grateful for that as well I then went on to the University of Stirling where I studied non-medical prescribing mm. and, and I founded PF Aesthetics from there and it's been a real success ever since absolutely brilliant and you've now got your own clinic I do which is is tell us where so I have a little clinic called PF Aesthetics and I rent a little uh, room at a clinic called Dermity Aesthetics on Dock Street and that works really well there's a good bunch of girls in there and we all do different bits and pieces and some of us do the same but there's enough to go around for all of us and we're really good at supporting each other so it's it's a a nice little setting and I've got a great wee haven there to do what what I love best really that's brilliant so there's there's some of you some of you do the same thing but like same but different yeah yeah and we'll all just bounce off each other and we all have our own group of patients and it's quite nice you could do your own thing but you still you know you still have that that little team around so it's great that's brilliant I, I absolutely love that having obviously worked in the fitness industry for as long as I have 20 odd years it could become a bit like 
dog eat dog you know it's so competitive and people are just I've actually had people phone my clients under cutting their prices and stuff you just you're like what the hell but if you've got a good wee team there that you're supporting each other that sounds that sounds amazing. It's great. We all have respect for each other and we all treat a different patient, Shelley. You know, there's not everyone will connect with the same practitioners. So it's great that there's different practitioners out there and, and everyone will make their own informed decision as to who's right for them and who is going to give them the treatment that's really right for them. So it works well. I often think, Paula, because this is quite an important topic for me, I often think that people say to me, particularly people that I bring on board and they say, well, who's your competition? And that's a difficult one because you don't want to be seen to be coming across like um, you've got this arrogance, but see if you're doing your thing and you're truly authentic in what you do. Is there any competition? Because people come to you because it's you. It's true. I think yeah. about this a lot and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and one thing that does come up quite a lot in, in the podcast that I listen to is um, competition's healthy. And I do believe competition's healthy and it gives me a drive and it gives me motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people ask, do I watch competition around me? And the answer to that is really no, I don't. And whether that's right or wrong, I know that's what works for my own head. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm in the best place when I don't watch the competition. And it's yeah. great to see all my competitors doing well. But for me, I really don't take too much interest in, in what the others are doing. And that's just something that works for me. So that competition there is healthy and it's great. Um, but I do try hard not to get caught up in it. And that just works really well for me. I'm absolutely the same, Paul. I totally agree. Stay in your lane and keep doing what you do. Brilliant. OK, next question. This is about more about skincare, Paul. I'm going to get straight in the do's and the don'ts of looking after your skin, what to do, what not to do, some of the myths. What should we do? So, for example, morning routine. I'm, I'm a stickler for a, a good morning routine, a psychological morning routine, but also handing over to you. What would be a really good morning routine? Morning routine. So, first of all, do's and don'ts. That's really important. So, I want to touch on that first of yeah. all. Okay. Um, there's lots of do's and there's lots of don'ts, all right? So, for me, it, it's really important to, first of all, invest in a, a good quality skincare and be religious with it. And we'll come back to being religious with it, but that is the most important it's fine to have everything in the bathroom or the shower but if you're not religious with it really there, there's no really much point if I'm being honest you know to do a wee bit here and a wee bit there um, it's, it's just not enough so it's also really important I would say my biggest piece of advice to every single patient is to protect the skin daily with an SPF now whether we live in Dundee where the weather's not really as great or if we're in Spain and the sun's out every day those rays that are out there that are in our laptops our light bulbs our phones that we're using every single day is aging the skin and speeding that up times 100 and that is always always my biggest piece of advice would be protect the skin with SPF Um, and lots of patients don't get that they'll say well I'm not on holiday don't really need to do that but but the skin's aging every single day so if we could protect it then then why not let's do that let's slow that down a little bit now see on that Paula I was slow on the uptake of that I've only just started using on the back of the advice you've been giving me for years is an SPF um, and you say to me Shelley it doesn't have to be the most expensive it doesn't have to be this that or the next one just use one and, just I've started use it. It. and honestly I, I do see a difference in the skin you know that I had sunbed shops I used to clean my sunbeds with the lights on for, for years <laughs> 
yeah you've got some damage but you're right everything every every screen that you use is obviously penetrating your skin isn't it? it it is it's penetrating the skin and i think things like you know there's things we can we can do daily you know we want to sleep well we want to eat well we want to keep the skin hydrated and mm-hmm. um, that's all stuff that that we can do and we're in control of obviously the light we're not so we have we have to protect that you know and yeah. um, but yeah eating well sleeping well keeping hydrated obviously you know to that there's things we shouldn't be doing you know excessive sunlight sunbeds are they're a killer they're an absolute killer um, are they right so what are, what are sunbeds doing to people's skin because when we go holiday we go we go for a you know a top up for some like a, a week or so before you go on holiday so you don't burn when you go away what is that doing of course um so so that artificial sunlight really just the same as as the sun that's out there you know it's speeding up the aging process it's degrading the quality of the skin it's dehydrating the skin it's you know this the skin although we have a color and we feel maybe a bit healthier at the time that that's short acting that doesn't last so patients that are using sunbed or people that are using sunbeds they get caught up sometime in the cycle of it's short acting and i'm going to use it again and i'm going to use it again until they get to a point where they say you know i'm feeling the skin aging now so they've had this the skin's felt great for a long time because they've felt youthful and it's had a bit of colour until they hit that vital point that they think, I need to do something. I'm feeling my skin aging now. And I definitely feel those patients are getting younger and younger coming into the clinic with those concerns. Mm-hmm. That's scary, isn't it? And it when is younger, what age would you say? Um, well, I treated a patient last week who was 25 who came into the clinic and really just broke down saying, I think I've actually ruined my skin using sunbeds three and four times a week. So yeah. that's scary. It's, it's heartbreaking, actually. And, you know, I've used sunbeds in the past and the first to put up my hands and say, you know I'd go to to the shops on my lunch break at school and use the sunbeds underage at 16 you know I've, I've done it I've been there yeah. and I think having done those things in the past it's it's easy it's easier to relate to the patients and try and advise them and be able to to put your hands up and also say look I've been there and done that I know it's easy to do but let's do something to change that brilliant so two clear pieces of advice already so use an SPF and don't use sunbeds. Avoid the sun. Other bits and pieces of as well. You know, I often find that stress takes its toll on the skin. Alcohol takes its toll on the skin. We're all a sucker for a bit of picking and squeezing. And as we get older, the skin could be a bit traumatised by that. Um, but we need to know our own skin type and we need to make product choices that you know that benefit our skin and that can enhance our skin um, to the best to, to make it the best it's going to be. Really great. So. I am really looking forward to my holiday coming up. In fact, I'm in Thailand in a few weeks' time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love being in the sun. Now, whilst I've been taking really great care of my skin and trying my absolute best, Paula, yes. um, when I go to Thailand, I will want that wee sun-kissed look. So yeah. for three weeks, have I still applied my SPF, but can I get the sun on my face, is what I'm saying? A hundred percent. You know, you could go away, you can enjoy the sun. I think it's just about making decisions that, it depends how invested you are. You know, it's about making decisions that are going to benefit. So, for example, when I go on holiday, I wear an SPF, you know, six, seven times a day, factor 50. Um, I also wear a hat. I'm prone to pigmentation, so I also wear a hat around 
around the clock on holiday. I don't want my face to be in the sun. You can okay. still enjoy the sun. It really is just about protecting. And the thing is, Shelley, nowadays with fake tans that are out there and tanning drops, you really can still have that sun-kissed glow without feeling you need to bake yourself in the sun. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, I'm listening. Is there any absolute don'ts? You've got you've covered the sun. What else? The sun, absolute don't. Sun's probably the main thing. It's not so much about don'ts. It really is about probably the do's, if I'm being honest. I think the investment in the skincare, you know, the wearing the SPF, the removing the makeup before bed. I think it's more about concentrating on those do's than the don'ts. Sun, okay. everyone knows that we need to protect ourselves in the sun. It's just hard to do that sometimes because we don't have it often or we'll wait a long time to go on a holiday. We could come back totally burnt and with too much colour just because we've enjoyed it too much. So yeah. I think sun really is the, the main the main thing for skin. Okay. In terms of the routine that I'm talking about, so yep. see the cleanse, tone and moisturise, what are the things that we absolutely should be doing morning and night? Yeah, so skincare routines are important, right? And skincare can be totally overwhelming. And I have this discussion with patients every single day. Mm -hmm. And I think within the Xenobagi skincare range that I use in the clinic and have done for maybe seven years now, mm -hmm. um, there are basic fundamental products within that range that absolutely everyone should be using. So that would consist of, you know, a cleanser to clean the face, a mm -hmm. scrub to scrub the face, pads to tone the face and um, a daily power defense which would be the, the final barrier there and then there's other products within the range so there's specific products to treat for example acne or rosacea or pigmentation melasma premature aging um, but these products would be discussed and tailored with your practitioner as to exactly what your skin concerns are and what your needs are but everyone really has to be using basic fundamental products if you're not washing the face if you're not exfoliating the face those active products you eventually then use you don't mm -hmm. get the best from them because you've not prepared the skin so yeah. we need to wash our face in the morning we need to wash it at night you know some of us choose to scrub the face every day some choose to scrub mm -hmm. the face a couple of times a day you know and I, as a practitioner, I I know that skincare is an, an investment. It's expensive, you know. Um, and I think the world we live in, times are tight, you know. Not at the end of the month, not everyone has, you know, the disposable income to have good quality skincare um, and make that investment. But even to introduce just one product at a time to, you know, make a good healthy skincare routine it's definitely a good foot forward if that's what you see it's what you feel it's what you're passionate about you want to reduce the aging you can do that slowly it doesn't need to be loads and loads of products at at, at once brilliant now you mentioned ZO there um now no matter where I go and from Harley Street to your your own clinic various other clinics all the high-end clinics seem to be stocking ZO. Why is that? What, what is so special about this product or this range of products? Yeah, so I, I've used the products for a long time, so I don't really use anything else. And for me, it's it's just non-negotiable. I really wouldn't use anything else. And, you know, I'm lucky I'm in a position where I can use good quality products and I would never veer off from them. But I think within the range, once 
once you start using the products and get a feel for them and seeing the skin changing, you really understand that the, the investment you've made, you start to see the change with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have patients in the clinic every day who they've bought this in Boots and they've bought that in Superdrug because so-and-so used that and so-and-so used that. and But actually, they have no idea what's in what they're using you know they're just giving bits and pieces a try one mm-hmm. because they're really affordable you know two because so-and-so told me that was really good to use but I think the ZO products he's so ZO is a, a, a dermatologist called Zeno Baji um, he's from Beverly Hills and he has created this skincare range that would suit every skin type you know so as I discussed previously those active products whether it be acne whether it be rosacea whether it be premature aging those are active products that that would be tailored to that individual however the basic fundamental products they're made in such an amazing way that they would suit every skin type so everyone should be using them so it's a higher end product which is it's great it's a beautiful product and obviously higher end products do go with a price as well and I'm always really aware of that when patients comes in I try and suit their budget and give them something for their needs and but it is a fantastic product and it's getting much much bigger in the UK now and I think the demand is much higher because patients are dabbling in it because they're seeing it out there and my friends had it and my mum's had it and my aunties had it so patients are definitely trying it now. I'm actually trying the ZO products as well that Paula's recommended uh, everybody and I absolutely love them. Paula it's probably a good opportunity to actually talk about my skincare, my skin, my habits and um, and what you think of that. I'm trying to do a lot of work on my skin uh, and I've shared that with my clients as well. I'm trying to really invest proper time and, and proper effort in my skin. And I'm seeing the difference now, but it's taken quite a while, hasn't it, Paula? It has, I'd agree. And I think we could both agree here, Shelley, that that, that journey's not been smooth. No. Um, and I think for you, which happens with lots of patients out there, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you just look for that quick fix, okay? So you think, right, I'm going to go in and have a clinic treatment because this is coming up. I've got an event. I'm going to a christening. I'm going to a wedding, which is great. And it does give the patients that, quick fix and the feel great and that also makes me really happy when the patient Mm. feels better Um, but I think for a true anti-aging program there Mm -hmm. needs to be a plan in place and it needs to be you know it needs to be consistent it needs to be manageable it needs to be something that the patient's going to be compliant with and I think that's something we're getting there you know we're definitely (laughs) getting there eventually Um, but I think you know if I'm not wrong in saying you know I think in the past for yourself Shelley you would just come in and the women say you know I've got a bit of time I'm going to come in and have that because your life is so busy you know you're doing things when you can you're on camera you're working you're at meetings you know so treatments that I probably have offered you in the past you've not really been able to commit to or be compliant with because of work and life and, and I get that. So we've had to adapt that and do bits and pieces here and there that, that's worked for you. And we're getting there. We're getting there. So you've got a good skincare routine now. We could mm-hmm. still add to that moving forward, but we've got okay. a good strict skincare routine. You're feeling mm-hmm. the benefits from that. You're feeling yeah. better. And that takes a bit of time. That doesn't happen overnight. You know, that takes a bit of time for that to happen. I think 
there's a few treatments that I would love to offer, maybe deeper peels, a skin pen treatment, yeah. which is, you know, more of a needling device. I'm seeing some fantastic results with that. For oh, yeah, I'm really pen. interested on that. Sorry. Yeah, it's really amazing. But that goes with a bit of downtime as well, you know, so it has to be right for the patient at the right time. And it's mm -hmm. important that I manage that for the patient. You know, if I give you a treatment and your face is red for 48 hours and you had no idea that was coming, you know, you're knocking my door down saying I had a video to do and, and you know, my face was red, you know, so it's about managing that. And every patient's different. Mm -hmm. Some patients can walk to their work without any makeup on with having a invasive treatment done the day before and not really bother and some patients are really really self-conscious about that so it's about getting that right for the patient but we're getting there we're doing well um, and I think there's things we can add in in the future for you as well. Brilliant I'm just thinking a lot of my clients I talk a lot about a lot of things but never really usually my skincare routine and stuff so I've never talked about the the treatments that I have Paula do you want to just share with everybody and obviously you're you are exceptionally professional uh, yep. and confidential but I, I don't mind you sharing what we do on my face so um yep. I obviously I want to I like to biohack my way through my life so I'm <laughs> intermittent fasting I'm hydrating my skin I eat really well I train uh, six days a week but in terms of my skincare what is it well just share with what we do on my yeah. skin so that's interesting. I'm listening to you and you probably do everything that I don't do. Um, uh -huh. And I'll put my hands up and say, you know, I'm not too hydrated. I probably don't eat well. Um, it might sound like an excuse, but I really don't have time to train as much as I would like to just now with my kids uh -huh. being so small and business demands. Um, but I do take a lot of care of my skin. So I'm trying to balance it out that way. But I think these things go hand in hand, you know, you can't do one without the other you really can't expect one thing to do all the work which is the skincare so that's really something I need to change and mm -hmm. I'm learning a little bit about myself just listening to you saying that Shelley but yeah. I think you know having your anti-wrinkle treatment which most people would call Botox you know yeah. um for your upper third of the face which you're quite mm -hmm. consistent with so frown forehead crow's feet that gives a really quick result of softening out lines and wrinkles and yes. you know and giving you a more youthful appearance really quite quickly yeah. um, so being consistent with that works really well for you Mm -hmm. And again, some patients will come in and probably like you've done in the past and they'll have a treatment, you know, maybe here and there because they've got something going on and they feel that, you know, youthfulness and they feel fresh. Um, but is it a true anti-aging treatment? It's not. It's a quick fix and they feel great. But for a true anti-aging treatment, you have to be really consistent with things. So when you take away that movement for yourself, for the upper part of the face, and I think yeah. you look amazing, mm -hmm. um, you're you're slowing down that aging process because those muscles aren't quite as active as they have been. Um, mm -hmm. And in turn, the skin will look softer and softer because you're not as dynamic there. And that really is what's slowing down the aging process. However, the toxins not take, taking care of the, the skin quality, 
your skincare is going to do that. The toxin is paralyzing the muscle. It doesn't improve the skin quality. Um, okay. And that's where your skincare and your toxin for yourself is, is working well and it's going hand in hand. Okay, that's good. So for a lot of people, I suppose Botox is a bit of a taboo subject or it's something that they won't do, will do, maybe will do. Whatever your take on it is, um, I actually, I love having the the the, the, the line-free Feeling smooth and fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I love to feel smooth and fresh and, and have that young look. And I got yeah. Botox when I was 31. Um, I just had Leo and all of a sudden lines started to appear on my forehead. And I was like, how the hell? And and it was literally overnight. Yeah. So that's and I think I, you like, can feel Botox. that really quickly, for sure. Some patients yeah. can feel that really quickly. Mm. Um, sometimes having a baby, sometimes stress, you know, yeah. um, sometimes the menopause. It can happen very, very quickly. And patients say, I have no idea where this has come from. And at that point, it's time to act you know patients prevent so the younger generation prevent those lines um, and some patients are trying to reverse that time as well yeah brilliant okay thank you for that Paula next question so thinking about you and your business Paula um you're spinning all the plates you're a mum of three Mm -hmm. you're a wife you're a busy clinic owner how do you actually do it? I get asked this question a lot. I don't know how I do it, but I want to know how you do it. Do you right. have you got a structure to your day? Do you sit in the morning and are you really well organized and everything just flows? Or are you spinning the shit out of the plates and you're making yeah. it? Yeah. They're they're spinning and I don't quite have a hold of them yet, but I'm getting there. So (laughs) I feel running a business, it's crazy, it's overwhelming, but it's also really, really amazing. And I've actually learned so much in such a short time. Um, I know my job really, really well. I'm an aesthetic cosmetic nurse. I know inside out. I know what I'm doing. um, But I really didn't know business well. And that's actually taken a bit time to learn Um, but what I have felt over the past 18 months is seeing and feeling something growing so rapidly is -hmm. the biggest compliment and sense of achievement and that makes me work so much harder and I knew it was going to be difficult I didn't underestimate it at all you know Um, but I probably underestimated the demands that go with a business Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually run the whole show myself I don't have any help I do everything myself from my job to prescriptions to note writing to messages to social media um, and a lot of sacrifices go with that at the moment you know I really do feel and I'm big enough to open up and say you know I didn't take my kids to see Santa at Christmas time my niece has done that and you know I they're, they're I don't often pick them up from nursery and I don't often put them to bed, but I'm yes. really, really hoping that that will all work out and those sacrifices will be worth it for them. They're my why and they're why I do these things. And um, so those demands seem to be worth it, you know. Yeah. And so although I carry out my practical job in the clinic um, as a nurse, there's so much more goes on behind the scenes. I'm really lucky. You know, I have a great support network. I've got really supportive friends and family. Mm. I'm determined. I stay focused. I'm in my own lane and I really try not to move out of that. Um, And again, going back to competition, lots of people do ask, you know, do you see your competition? You know, do you watch them? And, you know, how do you feel about this and this? But I really, really, really prefer 
not to watch. My head's in a better place doing my own thing. And yeah. that keeps me a little bit sane running my own business. So how I do it, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel mm-hmm. like there's 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 bits and pieces that are really supportive that help me out. And and it's working, you know. So although I underestimate myself, it's mm-hmm. working. That's great. That's really reassuring. I've got lots and lots of clients who are ready to embark on running their own feel look be business, which is hugely mm-hmm. expensive. It's the feel look be franchise, and it's it's my next right move for me. Yeah. But what would be your advice if someone was, you know, maybe they're in a full time job or something, Paula, and they're just yeah. a bit scared, a bit anxious. They don't want to take the step. They're thinking, well, that's my passion, but actually, I'm, I'm, they're too frightened. Fear is a, is is real, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's major, and it could stop people living out their dreams. What would be your advice for that person sitting on the fence? Who wasn't sure? Okay, so this this is actually really, really close to my heart um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, for a long time, people asked, why did you branch out on your own from a job? that I loved and I really really loved my job Um, is it isolating do you miss working with a team you know but I really was ready to spread my own wings and that was at the forefront of every decision that I was making at the time Um, and I, I, I wanted to be able to choose the direction that I wanted to grow as a practitioner as a mum as a person and I wanted to succeed with my own business ideas I suppose um, you know, and that, that success only comes with business because I've already succeeded. I've got a beautiful life. I've got three beautiful, healthy children. I've got an amazing husband, you know. Um, but I feel like branching out by myself, I really wanted to create a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the irony of that is I probably work more now than ever. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's true. And that, I'm, I'm working on that. That's taking a bit of time, you know. Um, but I feel I like... Feel I'm working really hard to grow something that I'm so passionate about and passionate about and I feel it growing really quickly, you know, so all it's all worth it. Um, But yeah, it's a difficult one. I feel that as I've branched out and done my own thing, I feel so much love and support of other amazing people around me. And I've Mm -hmm. got to say, a lot of them complete strangers, Shelley, which really, really shocked me. Um, But it makes my heart so full and it makes me realise, you know, what I've got and where I've got it and where my foundations really are um, but for anyone who's thinking about it you know maybe 18 months ago it wasn't as easy for me to say that um, yeah. but it's you have to do it you know I, I was actually listening to a podcast not long ago um, and it was a podcast actually about confidence so I would come on to the you know mm-hmm. the chat about confidence um, and talking a lot about finding confidence to do things and you know Mm -hmm. this confidence is a funny one because it might take a long time to come it actually might never come Mm -hmm. um but actually just don't wait for confidence just find the courage just find the courage to do it and you'll probably never regret it yeah definitely no I totally agree uh one interesting point you mentioned there was the the support that you've had from strangers I probably have to say exactly the same Paula most of my clients that that come onto my programs are strangers, and what I'm seeing is these clients are forming friendship groups, and these friendships are lasting. Well, I've been doing this four and a half years. These friendships are stronger than most friendships that they've had for all of their lives. Yeah, the support that you can get from people that you don't actually know 
It's phenomenal. It just, yeah, and it's so true. I was actually at an open night not long ago. Now, for me, I just, I feel like such a little fish in such a big pond. The aesthetic industry is huge. And I had been at an open night not long ago. And I think maybe four people said to me, I feel like I know you from your social media. I love watching. I love listening. You're so real. And I kind of took a step back and thought, you guys are taking time to watch me and listen to me. And do you know this? It was just the most surreal moment because I often question, you know, myself and who I am and who am I to do these things and say yeah. these things. But actually, other people really are watching on. So it's nice. It's nice to hear. I love your stuff, Paula. You come across so eloquently, so perfect. You are. You're, you're a consummate professional, but your social media, I watch it. Whenever you post, I watch it. It's brilliant. So keep doing what you're doing. Do you know this? I try to be organic. I try to, you know, connect with people. I try not to overdo things and overcomplicate things. I want people never to feel worried about coming into the clinic and asking silly questions and what about this? I want them just really to feel at home and feel like they can connect with me as a person even before mm. they step foot in the clinic. Yeah. Um, and that works really well. What we do as well, Paula, is my question. This is a question. Um, we jump on social media because we know we need to. We need to engage. We need to connect with our clients, our customers, your patients, as you call them. Mm -hmm. um, how is that for you on days when you have had a fallen out with your partner? Your kids are driving you mental. You've got bills to pay. You're under major pressure. And we've got to jump on social media with a smile mm -hmm. and say, hey, everybody. How do you feel about that? Is that an, is that an issue for you? Do you find that hard? That it, it's it's difficult, and um, mm. I really struggled with that initially. Um, I had this conversation with my sister just last night. Actually, my sister has just started her own business as well. She's been in it for a wee while, but we had to bounce off each other about you know about what onlookers are thinking and saying about our social media. Yeah, um, and it, it's difficult. You know, there's times I'll do a bit of social media, and my grey roots are showing, and I've got a mm. spot, and I've not got a single stitch of makeup on and those things don't really bother me those you know those image things don't really bother me I've never been too fussed about that but sometime I'll feel like a stumble or I'll say something or what if someone tries to trip me up with what I've said so I really struggle with that side of things more than you know how I look or you know how the camera is at that point I you know, and I've, I've got a small family, you know, in the morning, we're getting out to nursery and life's hectic and, you know, life's busy, family life's yeah. busy. And I get yeah. to work and I have to get on with it, you know, and yeah. that's, it's easy because I love my job and I'm so passionate about it. And, um, but it, it, it's difficult to juggle that sometimes. Yeah, I, it's me personally, Paula, I, I battled with that at the start because I'm doing, you know, 30, 40 minute videos. Sometimes it was an hour long videos. And I, I was really self-critical and I'd watch them back and I'd go, oh, look, oh, this, I should have said this. And because I've been doing it now for four and a half years and it's so much, I mean, every day was alive, sometimes two hours a day. Um, yeah. I've slowly probably built my confidence, and but my, because my skincare has changed and I could see a visible difference in my skin, I think that's actually gave me more confidence on camera, which is great. Yeah. When I watch it back, I think, no, I'm happy with that. Two years ago, I wouldn't have been. Now, yeah. I'm happier with that. 
It's true. And you know this, a lot of patients have said to me, um, Paula, I love that you're on social media. There's times you don't have makeup on, you know. And for me, there's times I do have makeup on and there's times that days are a good day and it's a good hair day, you know. Um, but there are times that I think this is real and people connect with it. You know, I don't want them to ever Absolutely. come into the clinic thinking everything's perfect and I can't go and see Paula because her hair's always done and her makeup's always done, you know. I'm real and this is me. And I think, yeah. you know, it, it seems to connect with, with lots of patients so it's good yeah definitely okay Paula so here's a couple of questions I'm gonna like a wee quick fire round right so yeah have you ever refused a treatment you know when people go daft with the Botox daft with the lips yeah and you see the lips before you see anything else I'm thinking about you know when somebody presents and you just think oh, oh wait a minute have yep. you ever refused the treatment before so the answer to that is yes Absolutely. And probably more now than ever, if I'm yeah. being honest. Um, I think for, sometimes my medical history flags up, you know, something for a patient and they have to be refused treatment. And that's just the end of that. That's the way it is. Yeah. Um, but I think over years, trends, social media, they've definitely dictated treatments. They've dictated what the patient's looking for, what they want to achieve. I, I'll give you a wee um, situation that happened to me a long time ago. I actually went through a horrific breakup in life. Um, and I went to see a tattoo artist and I said to her, okay, this is what I'm looking to have. I don't have any tattoos. Huh? It was this big carry on down the side down the bum all the rest of it and she <laughs> said to me Paula I think you need to go away and have a wee think about this she said I don't think you're in the right frame of mind I know you I don't think it's right for you and it's probably the best advice I've ever taken in my whole life and I think about it a lot and when I refuse patients and send them away because yeah. I respect the patient I respect the natural anatomy and um, there's ethics involved in these treatments the medical grade treatments being carried out that carry their own risks and complications and it's my reputation that's on their face Absolutely. you know mm -hmm. so I think when they go away and they have a bit of a time to think about it they then understand and appreciate why I've made that decision now there'll be some patients out there who go out and they find it somewhere else and that's fine they're not the right patient for me you know and um, but at yeah. least I know I've done my job not just as a cosmetic nurse but as a registered nurse making ethical decisions amazing I think everybody could hear here Paula that you are just amazing at what you do you really are you need to hear that from me you're amazing at what you do I'm sure oh. you know that I'm sure you feel that but it's important to give it when you when you see it so I'm giving it straight back to you oh thank you so much it does it means a lot when patients kind of they're cheerleaders cheering you on yeah so definitely um Paula my next question is what's your next right move what's next for you yeah so moves oh, this is a difficult one um so although there's no huge moves being made right now I every single day I'm making small constructive calculated moves um that's really paving my own path and really where I want to be and mm -hmm. um, I've discussed previously in a question and answer that every single business owner eventually wants to see their own name above the door um you know and I'm one of those business owners it's just you know I'm, I'm running my own path just now um but for now I'm continuing to provide great service mm -hmm. I'm continuing to train with the best in the industry you know continue to grow a business grow as a practitioner try and find a better one like balance and mm -hmm. I do feel that everything else will fall into place so I've got a few kind of plans in mind but I feel like those smaller moves 
are really what's going to dictate the bigger moves. Amazing. Very strategic. I love it. Paula, any questions that you've got for me? I'm, oh, I'm gosh. Questions that you... I can ask you a million questions all day and probably take something so big from from each of them, you know. Um, oh, let me have a thing. We think, see what you think. So, thinking about how I feel as a business owner, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, probably feel that when I started out in business, what, 18 months ago, I founded my own little business. I really struggled with insecurity and lack of self-belief, really. Um, And people looking from the outside maybe wouldn't ever have seen that. You know, you'd bang into patients in the overgate and say, you're doing amazing. You're totally smashing it. But behind Mm -hmm. that is self-belief, but insecurity, maybe feeling slightly isolated at times, feeling like a wee fish in a big pond. And that probably had a huge, huge impact on me driving my business forward and growing growing a business and probably my mental health, if I'm being really, really honest. Yeah. Um, so how how do you shine without worrying about others' opinions? Oh, God. Um, right, okay. How do I shine without... Do you know what, Paula? I think, I actually think I'm a wee bit immune to that, if I'm honest. And you. How do you push through your own fears and insecurities then? Give me an example of that. Oh, geez, peeps. Um, My own fears and insecurities. Actually, I'm one of these weirdos that actually loves the challenge of a failure. I've failed that many times. I've actually failed my way to. Success, absolutely have. And every failure for me, there's been massive amounts of learning in it. So, of course. Right, I'm thinking, Paul, I'm thinking. Do you know this failure's not always a bad thing? It really isn't. It's, you know, I've failed in... Yeah, in different ways, but you learn so much from it. Yeah, I think I'm one of these people that are are just so driven and I know that nobody else is going to do it. You know, having my background, and I don't know your particular background, Paula, but... Being being in that place that you don't you know that you don't want to be and knowing where you want to get to, and the realization that nobody's going to get you there but you, that's a big enough driver for me just to go fucking let's go for it. And I don't care who, what, why, and when. I'm going there, and there's no anybody going to stop me as long as I'm on my A game, as long as I'm helping people and I'm bringing service and significance to their lives. I'm going. I'd agree, and that's probably exactly how I'd explain you. Um, you know, if, if someone said to me, oh, I don't really know, Shelley, tell me, that is exactly how I would describe you. And I think my my background, we had a great, like my grandparents brought us up, our mum and dad were both drug users, and we lost my mum a long time ago. So although we had an amazing life and my grandparents brought us up, I definitely feel a bit of a void somewhere, and I feel like, I'm due it to my grandparents to to show them that we could do really well because they've given us, they've sacrificed so much to give us an amazing life, you know. So although I have my own children now and I do everything for them, you Mm -hmm. know, I still want to give a bit of something back to an amazing couple who have 
give me a, a life really give us a huge huge kind of pedestal to to work from so there's always something for everyone yeah uh-huh and are they still in your life Paula they're still in our life yeah, yeah. so Aww. my grandparents have really been our mum and dad you know and they've supported us and they've Isn't given it? us opportunities and they've given us financial help and they've, they've really really been the foundation of for not just for myself for my sister as well for us having you know a really really amazing start in life so I think losing and parents um, mm-hmm. we, we were so little that's heartbreaking but we really have gained so much from it as well so it's oh, good well done good on your, your yeah. gran and granddad I know nice. they're amazing um, Paula I think that's us um, amazing I, I've loved it I've really enjoyed it so I'm so glad that you've heard me thank you if, uh, for everybody listening I'm carrying a cold as you could probably hear so apologies for that but Paula, listen, thank you so much. I have loved having you on my very first ever podcast episode. Oh, amazing. Um, you are going to go from strength to strength. I am going to do everything that I can to support you in that. Uh, and I'm going to stand back and watch you do that too. And, and oh, thanks, Shelley. I really appreciate it. It's been it's been great. So, And I learned so much from you. I tell you all the time, there's times I text you and I say, I really needed to hear that today if I've listened to your yeah. social media. And I'm sure there's lots of people out there who um, are exactly the same. Sometimes just hearing that wee bit inspo that day or that wee bit of drive, it's something just what, what people need to hear um, and we need to tell people we need to be open yes, and we tell do. people when they're succeeding or they're doing well or you know we need to cheer people on it means so much more than than you can ever imagine you're absolutely right thank you so much Paula have a great day and Thanks, I will see you very soon take it easy see Thanks you soon so much see bye you later bye bye okay everybody thank you so much for listening to the what every woman wants podcast I can't wait to bring you my very next episode. I will see you very soon. Thanks for listening to the What Every Woman Wants podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google and all good podcast apps. Don't forget to leave us a review and we'll catch you next time.